Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Why don't you have kids, you know? You should, you know, stop focusing on your career and start focusing on the kids. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. And just asking a question, are you talking to me as a woman or are you talking to me as a person? My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. You will hear my voice is a little more mute in this particular interview. We are Rise Vilness, and there's a bunch of people around us, so I don't want to be disruptive. Um, But I am so, so excited to be in Lithuania celebrating women in tech around the world. And I am here with Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Great to meet you here (laughs) in Lithuania. Definitely. Okay, so go ahead, Sandra. Introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do uh yeah so my name is sandra goldbrecht and i'm the ceo of baltic sandbox accelerator here in Lithuania. so we are like pretty the first one fintech accelerator in our country and uh, we are pretty different from all the other accelerators because uh, we have at least two founding women out of three and uh, our advisory board is 80% women as well. <laughs> and how many how many cohorts do you do? Um, and if for those of you who don't know, cohorts are kind of like, um, yeah, you yeah. describe it, Sandra. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, this March, we're running our second and third cohorts simultaneously. Uh, like, Cohort number one and number zero <laughs> were uh, in fall uh, 18, and it was pretty great. And what is a cohort? Cohort. <laughs> I can't even say it. What is it? Yeah, so we are running two types of cohorts, like one for fintech and one for SaaS. Uh, and we are like grabbing startups from all over the world who already have some working products, some traction, and they're looking into exposure at the European market. But what is a cohort for an accelerator? Like, cohort wh- is like eight weeks. Uh, so cohort basically is a program where uh, the certain amount of startups are participating, like... For example, 10 startups, like being in the accelerator for eight weeks, that's the whole heart. The way you you guys can think about it is it's like going to a tech summer camp, um, um, except that you're focused on building your company and all you do is work all the time and there's very little time for play. Absolutely. (laughs) But you get a a wealth of resources and sometimes money. Now, does um, Baltic Sandbox give a seed investment or how does that uh, we don't get seed, uh, give seed investments ourselves, ourselves, but we have pretty 
good amount of uh, investors around us. Uh, so our network is mostly European, like Baltics, Nordics, UK, whatever you name it. And those investors are coming to see those startups every week to meet them, to talk about the investment. And we have pretty good results from our previous cohorts. So out of eight uh, graduate, those are out of eight startups who graduated, uh, eight, four startups raised in less than three months. And and Sandra was telling me that Lithuania is one of the leading places to build fintech companies. Uh, yes, yes the, that's really true. In 2017, uh, the Bank of Lithuania, which is the regulator, introduced the financial licenses for fintech startups. And since that time, uh, the fintech in this country is growing like crazy. Uh, there were uh, 170-something licenses issued uh, in the past two years. And really big names like Revolut, Harbor Touch, uh, Google um, uh, Google Money, or I have to check it, like uh, Google Payments. And uh, they came to Lithuania to be uh, licensed here and to work uh, under this license in the European market, which is pretty big uh, 512 million of potential users, uh, 34 countries. So, yeah, the, 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 the country is trending now. And Sandra has been incredible in connecting me to the Lithuania tech community. Thank you so much. If it weren't for champions like you, this podcast would not be able to happen. Um, when did the, the tech community here in Vilnius um, first uh, start? And just so people have an idea if you could help because you never know where someone is in the world describe like where Lithuania is like what's the geographic relationship to the rest of the world yeah, the second one is funny one because when I was in Hong Kong um, and uh, I said that I'm from Lithuania, they said like, okay, where is Lithuania? I was trying to explain like, um, you know, uh, maybe like Sc- there is Scandinavia. They said like, no, we don't know. I said like, well, maybe, you know, Poland. They said like, no, we don't know it either. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe, you know, Estonia. They said like, yes, we know Estonia. I said like, okay, uh, Lithuania is somewhere between Russia and Estonia, which is probably not really really true but like it was the only way to explain to them in uh, regarding this fintech scene so the tag is is and was traditional very strong in Lithuania uh, but um, like the startup scene uh, I would say started to develop like from five to seven years ago five to seven years ago yeah. I mean that's a long time uh, well, it was first. Uh, firstly, it was developing pretty slowly, but then it, it began to grow and grow and grow. And, and in 2016, I guess uh, our governmental agency, Startup Lithuania, introduced Startup Visa. It's a special type of residence permit for the foreigners who would like to come to Lithuania and to launch the startup in Lithuania. And uh, since that time, the uh, uh, the startup community in Lithuania became really international and diverse. Wait, so Americans, Australians, New Zealanders, um, you know, all around the country can get this startup visa from the Lithuanian government and build their startups in Lithuania? Absolutely. Where can um, startups go to find out more about the startup visa further? Uh, sure. Uh, so they can just Google Startup Lithuania and they will see the Startup Lithuania website and uh, all the information about startup visa. And, okay, five to six, because... For me, it's kind of like in the Baltics, we have Estonia, we have Latvia, we have Lithuania. And when I first came to the Baltics, I believe it was in um, 2000, 
16 or 17, probably 2017. And it seemed like Estonia was the leader and Latvia was like, no, 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 no. We want to be really important. And now I feel like Lithuania is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I feel like the three of you are competing for who's the leading startup country. <laughs> Yes, and, and it's really great. I mean, this competition, this it's some sort of uh, competition and collaboration at the same time. 100%. Yeah, and uh, this competition is really great in terms of governmental regulations, for example, because uh, once uh, one country is introducing some new regulations like startup visa or whatever, other countries are trying to pick it up as well because <laughs> they want to have it. So uh, the progress is, you know, is just much better. <laughs> yeah, totally. And when did you first, you personally, when did you first fall in love with technology oh it's hard to say 2006 i guess 2006 and and like where were you in your life were you in school professional were you growing up like where were you at 2006 uh so i was born in uh, 1992 in uh 2006 i uh, already had my like the working business, I was uh, the founder of some advertising business or something like this. And uh, then we decided, you know, to check out what's happening in the internet and how we can work with this as well, because this advertising business was 100% traditional. So that's how the first time, like me and my team, we tackled the internet and we were like, just, wow, that's interesting. That's pretty new. Maybe it won't work, but it's really interesting. What's a huge challenge in your career that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Uh, I think relocating from one country to another and starting everything from the very, very beginning. What do you mean by that? Uh, so basically, uh, <laughs> it's complicated. I was born in Leningrad, uh, which is now Russia. Uh, I worked in like uh, a bit, uh, quite a successful. I, I'm Israeli citizen. <laughs> uh, at the same time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I said the story is complicated. I don't know whether to say "Privet" or "Shalom." Yes, and yeah, and um, I worked in Moscow for seven years, like building a pretty big and successful um, agency, marketing research agency and like analytics and everything with 50 plus uh, employees in the company. And uh, then I decided that like, I don't want to be at this market anymore. So I started looking around and I was planning to move to Barcelona. Uh, but apparently, and I've never been to Lithuania before. I've been in 50 plus countries, but never in Lithuania. But apparently friends of mine said like, check out Lithuania. It's pretty interesting there so I came to Vilnius for the first time and I was just like wow I really love it here yeah so I relocated without having like even slight of knowledge what I'm going to do uh, here because I had a plan about about Spain about like launching a new startup in Spain and everything seemed like really okay and I relocated to Vilnius and I started to explore the scene here like okay mm, what am I going to do <laughs> right and then how did you overcome transitioning into a new city and, and growing your life here uh, so uh, basically I, I launched a startup with my co-founder um, some tech startup with the HR, connected with HR and everything uh, and after this uh, like I found myself like in several years I found myself consulting startups for all the time like um, advising and doing all the things and um, that was about the time I met my future co-founders and uh, they were both work working with startups the same way and we just sat together and we said like okay maybe we can make it official and maybe we just launch like a normal accelerator so that's how we did it but like it was pretty tough <laughs> and this is the Baltic 
Yeah. Excellent. Oh, amazing. And how many years ago was this? Uh, basically, the, the, we finally launched last year, 2018. And before this, I was working on my startup and with other startups. And how many startups have gone through um, Politics Sandbox so far? Uh, 11 started, like, at the previous cohort. Uh, eight graduated because not all of them can survive in this, you know, tough eight-week program. T- completely. I think I think um, the public perception of uh, startup life is very glamorous, which is always strange to me because the startup life is not glamorous. It's actually the opposite of glamorous. And so um, it takes a certain kind of thick skin and perseverance and work ethic to truly thrive in the startup culture and I think um, that's an unexpected lifestyle for some absolutely yeah uh, and I really I really often see the corporates uh, like corporate employees who are having like very good position and they're thinking about like well uh, now I have a very good position and I'm quite bored and maybe I'm going to launch a startup now and uh, then they're coming up with an idea and they say like okay I have some money you know to finance the startup from the very beginning and normally I tell to those people don't go there because you simply don't know about it because you see those startups pitch and you think like, okay, they're doing really good. You don't know how they're struggling to get investments, how they're struggling to get the customers, like how they're trying to survive like all the, all the at least the first three years. So the perception of the startup life is really, really glamorous. <laughs> and um, is this the first podcast you've been on? I think it's the first uh, American podcast I'm on. <laughs> yeah, so you've been on a podcast before. That's really exciting to hear. So most of the guests that we have on have never been on a podcast before, which really surprised me because why? And so it feels really good that you get out. And you've done a lot of speaking opportunities, but you were sharing with me before we started the, the interview that there was one particular speaking opportunity that really stood out um, for you, it was really transformative in your career and how you saw this whole startup ecosystem and what, and it sort of defined you as being a leader and the kind of choices you would make um, and how you wanted to show up to the world. Can you share that story with everybody? Yeah, sure. So uh, previously, um, I was talking to different like women in tech communities and I thought like, well, uh, what is so specific about being a woman in tech because everyone can do this it's nothing like I'm doing this uh, that that was basically my mistake I'm doing this so everyone is able to do this uh, until like maybe two years ago I was invited to speak at the conference at, in Kazakhstan and I said like okay uh, no worries I can go and speak at this conference and they said like yes but no, you're definitely coming with your boss. I said, like, what do you mean by I'm coming with your boss? They said, like, well, you know, like, you're a woman and you definitely should have, you know, some a man, some boss who's behind you. And I was like, sorry, why? Because they said, like, okay, you can give it, like, you can present your keynote, we don't care. But, like, you're not the person who's going to talk to other influential people because your boss is going to do it because, like, you definitely should have a male boss. And I was, like, really surprised and I said, like, sorry, no, I'm not participating in this. And starting from this moment, I began basically noticing things and I began analyzing my own career and I realized that uh, when I thought that there were like no specific impediments for the women, there were no specific impediments for me, but still I had to run like five times faster to be 
to keep up with those men who are doing the same with those men who are doing the same stuff. So uh, it kind of turned my vision really, really a lot. And now I'm trying to push this women in tech agenda the way I can. And one thing that I'd really like to to focus on is one for you. It was empowering to have a set of principles to say, well, I'm not going to speak at that event if I'm not respected for the leader that I am. Right. Um, I would love to share with everybody that kind of like positive spin that they could put on it. Because one thing that sort of bums me out is that um, it seems like as a culture, sometimes we focus too much on the restriction rather than what can we do about this. And what I love is you're like, no, here's who I am and here's what I'm going to do to create more abundance for myself and make sure that I'm in environments where I am celebrated as as a leader. Um, Can you speak more about how you do that on a daily basis? What your, what your mindset is in, um, in a, achieving day after day and persevering? Well, basically, yes. After this happened, I started to think about like uh, what it basically takes a woman to uh, lead some fintech project, for example. And I discovered for myself that at the one hand, the community is really like you know, celebrating the diversity and everything. It, but on the other hand, the community is pretty biased. Uh, I talked to my uh, female friend recently about it, and we had like some male friends with us. And we said, like, look, uh, it's not really easy to be a woman in tech because, for example, everyone is having like some concerns. Everyone is asking questions like, oh, you're doing your career, or oh, you're 37, uh, do you have kids? Mm. And it's no, I don't have kids. Why don't you have kids? You know, you should, you know, stop focusing on your career and start focusing on the kids. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. And I'm just asking a question. Are you talking to me as a woman or are you talking to me as a person? Would you say the same to your male friend, for example? You have to stop focusing on your career and have kids now and have family now or something like this. So in things like this, normally you don't notice them. They just pass, like, you say, like, okay, one person asked me about it. The second person asked me about it. My mom asked me about it for sure. <laughs> uh, and my friends are asking me about this. But when you realize that uh, for for me, for example, it's something I can bear. I'm not the person who is like, you know, dreaming about kids and everything. But for some other person, it can be some sort of the game changer. And uh, one time this girl can give up her career because of the pressure which is coming from outside. Like, have go totally. have kids, go have family, do this and totally. this. I'm actually on the same page with you. Is It's something where I, I love... Um, I love my career. I love to travel and I don't have that either that affinity to like start a family right away. I may later and that's okay when it's right for me, but I, I don't want to force something. And I feel like society around the world, because even in the U S I, I think it's starting in like your mid twenties, like people just start asking like all these questions of, of us and um, it's really really interesting someone shared with me the other day in interviews um, I like to ask and I, I didn't even know I was doing this but I like to ask you know the mothers how do you how do you handle it like my my um, my friends that are moms I'm like wow like how, how are you this driven leader and a mom and a wife and all these things and um, 
someone brought up the men are never asked how are you a father and yeah. this I'm like whoa it never even occurred to me like that's men aren't asked that like how are you a father and a leader Absolutely. I don't think I've ever heard that before Absolutely. Uh, despite the fact, for example, that for example in Israel, uh, men s- are spending a lot of time with their kids. They are like, and here in Lithuania as well. Basically, uh, they're getting them to the kindergarten. They are like uh, going for a walk with them. They are basically raising them. Because, for example, in Lithuania, you can choose who's uh, going on maternity leave for mother and fa- or father at the same in Israel. But still, uh, no one is asking men like, "Oh, wow, you're on maternity leave. How are you coping with it?" so interesting what is a piece of advice that you've gotten in in your career that has really stuck with you and helped empower you along the way well it was I think it was like two months ago and it was really funny one um, from Victoria Lennox she's the head of Startup Canada and we had a nice conversation and she was talking like uh, Startup Canada is really cool and like Startup Canada can be an example for Startup Lithuania uh, because their ecosystem their ecosystem is bigger their ecosystem is much more developed uh, in the started earlier for sure and while we're discussing this she said like okay uh, basically here is my advice uh, like uh, those people who don't believe in you those people who say no to all your invitations just like don't think about them but don't stop inviting them yeah yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and one time they will come over and they will see what you've done so this one was a really good one <laughs> I like that I really like want to marinate on that uh, for a second don't focus on the no just focus on continually showing up to the world and eventually people will come around um, there's this podcaster named Charlie Rocket in the US and he said what's he say he says um, I, something like I'm already ex- a success you just haven't noticed yet or something like that you're oh he this is the term he uses people are sleeping on me I, I think it's really interesting and one day they're gonna wake up and be like whoa and so he's like people are just sleeping on you right now you are a winner people are just sleeping on you so keep on keeping on it's really interesting um where can people find out more about Baltic Sandbox and and, and connect with you uh, well, there is BalticSandbox.com, obviously, or just Google it because we have a pretty unique name, I guess. Yeah, and you guys, it will be in the show notes, so be sure to check out the show notes. We include all the links there. And where can they connect with you? Uh, through my LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> sure. And to find Sandra on LinkedIn, you can go to S-A-N-D-R-A, last name G-O-L-B-R-E-I-C-H. And again, we'll include it in the show notes, thanks to our wonderful teammate, Carl, who spends so much time putting together the show notes for us. Carl, we appreciate you. And uh, any any final words before before we go? Oh, uh, thanks a lot for inviting me uh, because we really see it as uh, I really see it as one of my uh, really important targets now to help women to come to tech, and uh, we decided to organize a boot camp in September as a part of our accelerator for women from all over the world, uh, so they could you know uh, for very early stage uh, female-led startups, so they could try this in like and at the same time so they can see some role models because uh, the mentors we are going to invite they're definitely they will definitely be some sort of the role models in showing them okay so we did it and we are successful so you are able to do it as well 
Amazing. One last question. What is your favorite app, website, hardware? Okay, the, my favorite app would be Quora, I guess. Quora? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, Quora is a great website. Quora is the question and answer website. Why do you like Quora? Well, because I really like reading, uh, really love different opinions of different people, and I really like people sharing their experience on different matters. So I think it's really exciting to read it. And what what's your favorite book? Oh, that's complicated because I'm reading a lot. <laughs> I feel like there should be a book called That's Complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a great book. <laughs> or It's Complicated. Or, or or a book which is called Great Question. <laughs> great Question. <laughs> well, with that, Sandra, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. You can go straight there by going to womenintechvip.com. It takes you straight to the Facebook group. Be sure to say hello on social at Women in Tech Show, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. I'm Sandra Goldberg, the CEO of Baltic Sandbox Accelerator. We are the first fintech accelerator in Lithuania and we are based in Vilnius, Lithuania. And you're listening to Women in Tech. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.